And now we have uh, the hardest working woman in show business uh, who has been everywhere from TV to radio. Normally, uh, you hear her and watch her pregame on Bally Sports with Jason Jackson and then on radio as the color commentator alongside him. But she's been filling in for John Crotty over the last couple of games on the TV side. I know she is scheduled to do radio hits. She's here now with us. On Miami Miked Up, it's Amy Otterberg. Amy, how are you doing this Saturday morning after a late night last night, heat win, and just, I mean, working absolutely nonstop right now? Well, I'm great. You are humbling me because you look fresh and you're popping and you were at all those things too. <laughs> so I'm a little bit behind. But um, as, as far as just being busy, it's a blessing just to, you know, be working and, and getting calls and doing a lot of things. So I'm I'm loving it. And I mean, listen, there's two, I'm, there's two, there's two lifestyles when you work in the NBA, there's season and there's off season oh, and yeah. there's no in between. So we are <laughs> in season, which I do love as well. So I'm great on a lovely Saturday morning. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, and I am going to start in the place we always start actually, which is outside of work. So is there anything recently that stands out despite this workload uh, that's brought you joy outside of work? So that's a great question. And I knew it was coming and mm -hmm. I still always think about it, but actually, so this year I said, I'm going to find an outlet being back down in South Florida. There's so many awesome outdoorsy things. I haven't actually committed to one of them yet, but I'm thinking of trying to buy a kayak or like, I love cycling. Um, mm. I don't want to go, I don't want to invest in like the really expensive stuff. So I'm looking for either a good kind of kayaking club or uh, cycling for beginners or something Great. like that. So that's kind of like bringing me joy in that I'm getting excited. I don't know what it is going to be yet, but it, I will, I'm excited about finding something cool to do outside of basketball. <laughs> I love that. And I will, uh, I will be talking to my wife after this to try to send you some links because she has an inflatable paddleboard that was like relatively cheap, but it's easy to transport. Um, yeah, and I know if you're looking, hard. oh no, it's crazy. <laughs> but I think there's also kayaks that work that way as well. So I'm going to try to okay. talk to her and see if there's anything. And if not, then I'm, you know, sort of talking out of my ass here, but nonetheless, no, then we're putting it out to social. <laughs> if anyone has like, any good ideas, yeah. Up, you know, yeah, let's make <laughs> it happen. All of them. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and you speak of in season. Well, it's the in season tournament that started last night in the NBA. Uh, we saw the new trademark red and gray court on, on the floor for the Miami heat in the Kaseya center. It was also ironically the debut of the new city edition uniforms, the heat culture jerseys. So, Wondering your thoughts both on the in-season tournament and the concept there, the red court that you saw, and this heat culture campaign, and sort of what the organization's shown you in your first couple years here with Miami and how that all reflects it. Isn't that crazy? That was all last night, yeah, all of crazy. that stuff. Um, <laughs> so in-season tournament, and I'm not. I'm being honest with you. I I love it. I the commission. The WNBA has been doing the Commissioner's Cup for a while now, which is the same concept. And so when I covered that league, I those games did have extra juice and financial implications for players for WNBA players was a big deal. Yeah. Um. And so I'm. Anytime you're putting a little bit of an extra compete value on a game, I'm all for it. And there's 82 games in the NBA, so having these, this, I think it's great. Uh, and especially the funny thing was, was as poor as Miami's record was to get going, or is really still, unfortunately. Um. 
ever, I, the talk of the town around the NBA, so many people I were like laughing and saying, watch my, watch Miami get to Vegas. Like, course, because right. that's, you know, so for, for this team, I, I think it's great. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. People didn't like the play-in either. And how dare anybody in South Florida ever put down the play-in for Absolutely. the rest of eternity <laughs> because of what the gift we were given last year, right? Because of the play-in. So uh-huh. um, I think we all got to give it a chance. I love it. The court. So yesterday I got to the gym pretty early and, um, or the arena. And um, I sat outside the tunnel there, that black tunnel uh, coming out of the court because I wanted to see some of the players and coaches, their faces as they, because I I had just walked in and kind of did the same thing. And it was a lot of like, whoa, just because (laughs) it was, it was so like, I knew it was going to be all red, but then when you walked in and saw it, Mm -hmm. it was, it was a little bit stunning and not, I wasn't going to lie to you. At first I was like, I don't know how this is going to look, but as I'm calling the game, I actually loved it Me because, too. And, and you know what? I think because I obviously came home and was on social watching clips and stuff. I thought it looked so good in person. And I mm-hmm. thought the, the jerseys popped off of it. And that's what made it. If, if the jerseys were not as beautiful as they were, and, mm-hmm. and I guess that's the third part of yours. I'm not a fashionista by any means. And everybody mm-hmm. knows that when the jerseys came out, I was like, I kind of like them. Yeah, me too. I know, they got, I, I know they got mixed reviews, but I liked them because they – like that's what it was about was the culture and like that's what you saw and sometimes the city editions jerseys can get and I'm not with Miami's they've been pretty like to me always just super like sleek and cool mm-hmm. but a lot of times they I think they put oh, too much on them and try to put so much detail in it and I love the simplicity of culture and then obviously Pat's mantras down the side and like the numbers on the shorts I thought that they were great. I loved the concept of it. But then when the guys wore them last night, I was like, these are awesome. So I think they I think they nailed it. I'm not just saying that because people think I'm supposed yeah. to. Um, because the the if that was the answer, it would have been like, yeah, they're nice. But mm-hmm. I actually, I really, really liked them. And I thought they looked great last night. I think the takeaway that I had from both the court and the jerseys was like, oh, this all pops and looks way cooler in person than... I anticipated through any sort of mock-ups that were leaking, whether it was the courts and the mock-up that leaked that was like the pixelated pictures on social media (laughs) and the same deal with the initial mock-up of the jerseys that was leaking with like the pixelated screenshots from Nike. When you actually see the jerseys up close, that new different red that kind of pops off the jerseys and obviously like the guys love repping heat culture across their chest. It's it's cool to see the pride that they took in that. Um, And speaking of the guys who have really taking pride in the heat culture, someone who has grown a lot in the first parts of the season is Tyler Hero. Uh, he has been tremendous. Um, we ran a stat on the air last night that I think he had the the third most points through five games of a heat season, and it was behind, I believe, LeBron Dwayne Wade as the greatest starts in scoring in heat history. Last night, he's an assist shy of a triple double that man i was waiting all fourth quarter for him to get that last assist i really wish just for his sake that he would have been able to cap that off as a triple double because one of his most well-rounded performances in a heat uniform 24 11 and not and uh, and nine last night um what have you seen in the growth of tyler hero's game through the first six games of this season i've seen the fruition of his off season which you know Stating the obvious, like, I can't imagine what it was like for Tyler. Um, and a lot of basketball players, and I don't want to speak for Tyler, but I would assume he loves the game. And so sometimes just being in the gym is like your sanctuary. It's it's kind of like, I always say this, like getting on a shooting gun is like my therapy, like one-on-one mm. with a shooting gun. Like, that's what I love to do. And it just brings me 
the calmness and um and I think he really just took everything out of the gym in the gym yeah. you know and um it's one thing to talk about it and say oh you know I work hard in the off season like who doesn't say that Tyler does and you know I'm so I'm happy for him because um he's and a lot of people work hard you know, a lot of people work hard and, and this is the NBA. So you can work hard. It doesn't mean that anything's going to stick because everyone's really good. Um, to me, it's just the business approach to it. Um, I said it last night, a couple times, I think on air, that man's letting his game do all the talking. Yep. Like he doesn't need to say anything. You can just watch him and walking in last night, I was saying to myself, to me, like Tyler, obviously walking in last night, averaging 26, his efficiency is pretty good. Last night to me was the game that I thought was going to weigh a lot because when you're averaging 26 and the way he's doing it, which is the, you know, not throwing up every shot he can, he's being really methodical about it. You're going to start drawing a lot of attention, right? Like now you're number one on the scouting on the scout for the other team. Now they're going to throw different things at you. Now they're going to try to get the ball out of your hands. And knowing that he had his best game of the season. And the reason he had his best game of the season was because everybody else also stepped up. I always say the assist stat is funny. You could make 20 great passes. And if two of those shots go in, you have two assists. And so everybody else, but everybody else was in position to be successful. You know, Bam had his paint touches, Tyler Duncan on the three, Jimmy mm. got going to the rim. Like everybody, Kyle had a couple big corner threes. Everybody kind of played to their strength around Tyler. And I thought last night the game looked incredibly slow for him. Mm-hmm. Like every single thing he did, he didn't look. I think sometimes when you hear volume shooter, and I I always say this, like I hear volume shooter and it's almost a negative connotation. Who wants, you know, it's like, oh, you touch the ball, you throw it up. But that's not what Tyler is doing. Mm-mm. First of all, he needs to get shots up. I remember last year saying Tyler needs to lead us in field goal attempts for us to be successful. This year, he, I, I do agree with that. He still does. Everything he's doing is like smart. You know, mm-hmm. he's getting that ball up before the defense comes or, you know. And so anyways, it was just, I I just loved, I loved, I, I like everyone else within Heat Nation, like just really appreciated it. And again, like just so happy that Tyler is wearing my Miami jersey. He, really he, am. He is playing with a tremendous amount of confidence. Um, you can see it in the way that he's making quicker reads and quicker decisions as to, you know, a guy goes under a screen. All right, I'm putting up the three. Like it, there's that level of confidence there with his shot, but then also, Eric Reed pointed it out at at one point, I believe, in the third quarter last night. It might have even been in the second quarter when he was starting to get close to the triple double early, where it was so much of that was coming as the point guard in the offense, yeah. and and throughout the beginning of Tyler Hero's career, honestly, he's he struggled a bit when being the primary playmaker. Last night was such a great amalgamation of all that work he put in, in the offseason, and I do think there's this interesting dynamic um, with Gen Z NBA players who have grown up with social media and seeing trade rumors and all of that from their childhood, right? He watched LeBron and Dwayne and Kevin Durant and all and all these guys over the span of years get linked to this or that or whatever. And I think some of these sort of, you know, quote unquote, kids growing up and coming to the league almost have a, a solace they can take in having watched it as kids and understanding 
how much of the NBA is a business. And so I think his ability to prioritize, work on his game no matter what. And there was the reporting from uh, Wes Goldberg who pointed out that literally he found out Dame had been traded to the Bucks while sitting at lunch with Eric Spolstra and that they were then able to just sort of dive into the season. So it's it's pretty cool to see that that growth coming here for him. Um, speaking of, you know, growth, it, it's these new additions to the team this year. You know, I think everybody talks about kind of run it back, but this rotation looks very different, particularly at the start of the season. And that's because of the additions of Jaime Hawkes Jr., Josh Richardson, Thomas Bryant, and what I will argue is somewhat of a new addition Haywood Highsmith now coming into the starting lineup for Miami. So when I mention those names, is there anybody that sort of stands out that you'd like to highlight here as, you know, a key piece moving forward? Well, that's a tough question. They all do. I mean, they really, that's, I mean, good teams, it's a puzzle piece and everyone kind of has to fit a role. Obviously, I, you know, I'm going to say Thomas Bryant in terms of just those non-band minutes. I think that second wave off the bench and what he provides and the energy, but also just the things he can do. Mm. Screen setting, I don't care if they're legal or illegal at times. You know, they're, they're <laughs> good hard screens and sometimes you take one of those, but just the energy, I think that's so important. And this year, it's kind of expected on a nightly basis now, right? Where like, you know, you're at least going to get that. And I think that's so important. And for Bam, it's really important too, because Bam's required to do so much on both ends that it's not fair for him to average like 36, 30. Yeah. He can't do it. Like, and then, and then, oh, by the way, when you get to the finals, you know, go do it against Jokic, which right. he did, but it must, I can't even imagine how exhausting that was. Um, obviously, I mean, I love Jaime, perfect fit. Perfect really fit is. for this. Everything's perfect for him. Great to have Jay Rich back. And again, like just having that like level head, been here, done it, invested in this organization. That means something. But, you know, Haywood strikes a nerve with me. I heard uh, him talk earlier this year uh, at the beginning of the season. And he said, um, I, I, I didn't get to, t I took the stairs. I didn't get to take the elevator. Oh. And that totally, you know what I mean? And, and, I appreciate that because you're ready. Like when you have to take the stairs, you're ready because you kept going up, you know, mm. you did it step by step by step. And I think his story is incredible. You know, watching him last year, strip Tatum in the Eastern conference finals, go end to end, like so many little plays like that. And then he gets to Denver and hit 18 off the bench in game one. Like these are the like steps and he's doing it on this, on the national stage. We saw how important he was last night, but he's more like he's confident because he, he put in the work, like, confidence comes from demonstrated ability you know what i mean like so yep. he's done this for himself he's done this for everyone in the organization consistently and now he's going to get to do it for everybody around the world who watches the nba so i'm really excited for him and the last guy i'm going to throw in there i think caleb when, we, when caleb gets back out there not that he's new by any means but i think that the expectation for caleb is going to be new and that i think mm -hmm. he's an x factor i said this last year and i will say it this year I believe Caleb Martin is the X factor for this team uh, because of what he can do and how he can do it. And uh, he's so important to, to what they want to do. Um, and whether that's starting or off the bench, it doesn't matter. So um, every night I think, Oh, I hope Caleb is getting a little bit better because um, yeah, like get, I'm, I'm really excited for when he's, he's out there and feeling good. Well, the irony is, is Haywood Highsmith is, and I said this on the, on the broadcast last night, he's going to be the next, like, come May when the Heat are in the playoffs and they're doing the thing that they always do coming from wherever they are in a regular season seating and everyone's looking at another player where they go, how did they do that again? 
How how did they do that again? He's going to be that next guy, and it was Caleb Martin last year. Um, and and you know those two guys, I, I'm intrigued to see because th- there's a part of me that believes the the sort of closing lineup for the Heat will end up being. Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo with those two players and what that can do for you both offensively and defensively um, will be a huge positive for the Heat. And considering the struggles that they've had closing out games, I I do want to highlight that because despite the win last night, it was another night where Heat take a huge lead. And whether it's letting the foot off the gas, whether it's, you know, turnovers, not really sure what's going on there. It's the kind of the complete opposite of what we saw last year where the Heat were going and taking games in the fourth quarter, particularly in the playoffs. Um, what what can you attribute some of these late game struggles to so far, Amy? Now, last night was a little bit, I think last night was the one that was surprising because, you know, who was out there and what was happening. First of all, Washington, it's Washington going into the game yesterday was a very, a very confusing team. You know, mm-hmm. they are second in the league in steals at 10 a game, but they have the worst defense. They give up 126 points per game. Um, they give up the least amount of free throws per game. So it's like, what is yeah. happening? <laughs> what are you? Um, but what we saw yesterday was they, they played really hard and tough and at times Miami got a little lackadaisical with the basketball um you know Washington had 27 points off turnovers they got 17 of those in the fourth quarter alone think about that 17 points in one and so um what I would say is we do hear it often with with Miami when they talk about finding solutions like we got to go and find solutions what we saw in the fourth quarter last night is all solution based. You know what I mean? Like those are turnovers. Those are not getting back on defense. Those are mm. missing some assignments and rotation. Those are all, those are things that this team I think can correct very quickly and in a hurry. Um, and thankfully Milwaukee only beat New York by five. So <laughs> technically we're still ahead because right. we're plus seven which is how I'm thinking, but it would have been really nice to be plus 25. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cer- certainly would have been nice to be able to keep that big lead, um, particularly for, for those who don't know, in the in-season tournament, the wild card tiebreaker is going to be point differential, which is fascinating. Like, it, you never think about that in an NBA game, and it, it was funny, Coach Spo was asked about it pregame, and he was like, I'm, at the moment, I'm not going to worry about that. And he was like, maybe, maybe come the fourth quarter, I'll think about it, but... I'm not really worried about that. I'm worried about getting wins. Uh, and and that was the sort of the primary space for the Heat as this was a regular season game. Um, l- last sort of uh, Heat on court based question before we talk a little bit about, about your role. Um, I think people have been quick, obviously, to point out the struggles here, um, whether it's through individual players, whether it's, you know, as a team those fourth quarter moments, what have you, you know, losing four games in a row in your first five is is not going to be fun, particularly when the first comes in a one point win where you were holding a team back from another comeback. Um, that said, you know, what what gives you solace in that this team is headed in the right direction and, and will be able to sort of correct some of those things and find the solutions that you're talking about? First of all, last year, I mean, come on, (laughs) I'm never going to not have any faith from what we all just witnessed that is far too fresh with most of the same guys, by the way. I'm not saying that it's okay to just, you know, like be complacent right now Mm -hmm. at all. Um, 
when was it? Oh, so Brooklyn. Were you at the Brooklyn game? Yes. Okay. So I'm assuming you felt the tension that I did yep. pregame. Okay. Um, they don't want to hear about injuries. They don't want to hear about availabilities. But what I will tell you is there's so much parity in this league right now um, that if you have lapses in games mm-hmm. or you're missing guys that you need, it's going to be hard to win an NBA game. There's no more circling a bad team. Because, like, look at last night. Washington, I think Washington's going to have a hard season. They put on a push, right? Um, so I don't care if it's game one, if it's game 82, or if it's the postseason. It's really hard to compete um, without your rotation. And Miami still is in a place where I think they're still establishing a rotation because of the way things have started. So that's what gives me solace is that you – after last night, you can't tell me that Haywood is not important to this team, right? Right, right. right. You, you, can't, you just can't tell me that Caleb's not going to be important to this team. And so when they get together, I mean, you look at the guys that have had – I mean, even Nico, who on the road there, had those like two giant uh-huh. rebounding performances in short minutes. Um, they're still trying to figure out their rotation. Options is a positive – too many options is a positive problem, and that's something that I'm not – I have not seen yet, right? Like last year it was about a thing. So that's what gives me solace. I mean, I think Duncan's in a great headspace. I mean, he looks good. It doesn't matter if they're going in or not, the way he's moving, how he's making his reads, his attacking. So I just – there's so there's too many positives right now. And, again, there's so many options. Remember the pink pink and white scrimmage? We were laughing because – there was like the, the between the two teams, 10 guys out there. And you're like, man, will Spo have a 10 man rotation? Right. Like, is that a key? Is that his style? Because, and that was without Jimmy and Caleb. So mm-hmm. really like you're looking at a 12 man rotation. So that's what gives me solace is like, you, you just have to remind yourself, like you're not saying it's early and that it doesn't matter, but you have to give the grace of understanding that it is a marathon such a long season and they I, I do believe that they're gonna be just fine. For for a team that struggled a bit in the paint too, like we we haven't even mentioned mm-hmm. Kevin Love, right? Who's another another <laughs> player on this team who can space the floor, who can rebound well for you. You're missing so much of your front court when you talk about Caleb yeah. Martin not playing, Haywood Highsmith not to the last couple of games, Kevin Love not playing several games. You miss yeah. Jay Rich at the beginning. I mean th- this is this is a team that in those first several games, it was without three of their better perimeter defenders. You had a game where Bam didn't play against Milwaukee. Jimmy didn't play against yeah. Minnesota. Like, there's there's all these ins and outs to start the year. And and like you mentioned, depth. And this is the thing Spolster said to, to start the season, which was depth is our strength, right? You're looking yeah. at a team where that was supposed to be the strength. And when you're missing so much of your depth to start the year, you know, it would make sense that there have been a few games where things have sort of fallen off the rails, but two and five now um, in a big game on Monday night against LeBron and those Lakers. It's always, it's always fun when LeBron James comes to town. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm super sad that Gabe's not going to be out there though. I am, you know, he's out, he's out right now. So but yeah. that'll be sad, but right. I right. love Gabe. I love work. Yeah. But uh, we'll see him again. Nonetheless, the, those Lakers come to town and for you, um, before we wrap up here, uh, you know, I'm intrigued and I think a, a lot of people, um, particularly who listen to this podcast, but also just to watch, you know, any of our broadcasts across Bally Sports, whether it's the Heat, the Panthers, the Marlins, they're they're really intrigued by kind of how all of us go about doing our jobs. And for you, 
you know, the prep and the experience had to be slightly different over the last couple of games, working both as a pregame studio analyst and then also working play-by-play or working color commentary alongside Eric Reed. So you have plenty of experience in the booth, but sort of wondering what the shift has been for you, whether it's, you know, in mentality, in your mental preparation or anything as you've gone into these last couple of games. Well, it's been quick, fast, and in a hurry. That's what being a pinch hitter means. You know, you get the call and you're just kind of like, all right, let's go. Um, I would say, like, first of all, like, we have such an incredible team. You know, Eric, but the truck, everyone behind the scenes. Um, So it's that kind of stuff is super seamless. And the same faces and the same voices. For me, honestly, it's not really the prep that changes much because um, I'm just calling radio to TV. You have to have the information in front of you. Uh, The the biggest difference is there's a huge, such a different way in which you present on television versus radio Mm. cadence timing. And especially as an analyst, because on radio, you kind of get in and out, I think a little bit quicker because people can't see. So, Mm. you know, a bucket goes in, which Jax is calling, I might have a couple seconds to be like, wow, Bam really got his shoulder around, you know, try to describe what happened, but like in such a tight time. So in television, you have more time to breathe. You don't have to do that. People can see it. And um, just a new partner. I had never sat beside Eric before. So there's no, you know, there's no practice. Right. Uh, when, when something like this happens. So kind of just figuring that out in real time, um, which, you know, it's again, like he's Derek Reed. So right. he's going to be fine and kind of letting him just continue to steer the ship. Um, and then just myself, just again, trying to fill in the color, having a wonderful, you know, AJ speaks, Ted Ballard, Amanda, all, everybody in the, in the truck there, um, they make it, you know, as easy as they can. So it's more just trying to get, get, get some rhythm, find some chemistry, but everything else is the same. So. Um, yeah, just, you know, hope, mostly hoping it's that, that Crotty's feeling better and he'll be back soon. Um, because it's not, you know, it's not exciting when you, right. when you step in because someone's, someone's ill. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, that's part of my job. It's part of my strength is, and something I pride myself on that I've just kind of been able to jump into different, um, roles and jobs. And like, I knew I wasn't going to get to the NBA on one skill set, So I really spent a lot of time over the years, like building different skill sets, and um, just, you know, I'm most mostly grateful that I got the call because, you know, you can go a lot of different ways with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then grateful for, for some some good, at most of the time, some really good heat basketball. It always helps us. Well, it, it perfectly represents heat culture that, you know, it's sort of that next man up mentality. Uh, yeah. I, I think, uh, obviously, hoping John Crotty is, is feeling better and getting back to the yeah. booth sometime soon. But I will say... I'm very grateful to have been part of one of your broadcasts and I really enjoyed really enjoyed listening to you in the IFB. I really enjoyed being a part of it um, and it, w- it was a blast for me and I know for Heat fans as well, I saw a lot of positivity on, on social media about your call. Oh, um, so oh that's been, nice. Yeah, no, I did. It was, it was really great. It was really cool to see. Um, so really enjoyed that. Uh, Amy Otterbert, you can catch her on Bally Sports on Monday as the Heat take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, really looking forward to that game. It should be a lot of fun. Um, you can also listen to her on Heat Radio on the call with Jax. Looking forward to that as well. You can follow her at Amy Audibert 
on Twitter or X, I guess. I'm going to still call it Twitter. Uh, Amy, Amy, thank you so much for joining me today on Miami Mic'd Up. Cash money. Always my pleasure. <laughs> it's it's literally the best name of anyone. I, so it gives me so much joy. He it, it's the when he says Tash Money and when he says JT on TV. He's a, <laughs> Jax makes me sound way cooler than I am. I am not that cool. Me too, but don't tell him I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <Amy. laughs> Thanks, Jeremy.